0: Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church sermon podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. Sing with us this morning. My hope is built on nothing less in jesus blood and righteousness i dare not trust the sweetest frame but holy trust in jesus name love that welcomes me, the kindness of mercy, that bar with blood, wholeheartedly, my soul
1: undeserved. The only one who could ever say, Worthy of every breath.
0: come forward, we'll go ahead and pray over our offering this morning. Lord Jesus, we trust you at this time. Thank you for all that you've given us. What you've done for us and accomplished on the cross. As stewards and managers this morning of your resources, we pray, God, that you would multiply supernaturally this offering. Do incredible things with it here in this place. Further your kingdom. We trust you with it. In Jesus' name.
1: One, Jesus, Your name is like a
0: God, we trust you with this time. Speak to us, Lord. Challenge us from your word today. We trust you. In Jesus'
2: name, amen. Let's have a seat. Well, amen and what? All right, let's do that one more time. Amen and... more time amen and amen amen means, means so be it let it be amen amen uh mark chapter 14 today really excited about going back to gethsemane just felt like god was not finished with us there from last week and there's some other things that we need to look at from mark chapter 14 going back to gethsemane but before we get there This is my favorite time of the year. Now, for one, it's Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all of you moms. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for our moms today, for the mothers who are in our service this morning. Wow, I was having a really neat conversation with a 17-year-old boy at Marshall County High School, and he and I just got to sit down and talk together for a couple of hours. And uh, I was asking him about... uh, who are the most important people in his life? I said, Who are the, can you identify five people in your life you want to be like? And why do you want to be like those people? And so we were talking, we were having a conversation, and uh, he'd actually, he'd mentioned his stepmom. He was about her role in his life, and uh, he told me, he said, I, I don't have, I mean, sadly, he said, I, I don't have a relationship with my biological mom anymore. He says, I never talked to her. He said, but my stepmom has always been there for me. And then he said something I thought was really profound for a 17 year old boy to, to think along these lines. He said, Anyone can be a mother, but it takes a real woman to be a mom. Wow. I thought, what a profound understanding from a 17 year old boy. And you know, and I'm just so thankful for those who are moms, not just biological mothers, but for moms who, who mentor, who nurture, who encourage. And today we understand that not everyone has had a great relationship with their biological mother. But man, there's been some women who have played some key roles in all of our lives who were moms to us. So we're very, very thankful today. We celebrate moms and Mother's Day today. So God bless you for being here. God bless all of our moms today. It's my favorite time of the year because we're getting ready to kick off our Vacation Bible School. And this particular year, I have just felt like that God was saying, you know, this this is going to be our, our summer mission focus to impact our community and to impact our families. For the first time ever since I've been the pastor at First Missionary, we're going to have vacation Bible school at night from 5:30 to 8. It's going to take place on this campus. And I believe because of that, it's going to free up a lot of people who usually work during the day to be able to come out and to help us in vacation Bible school. Uh, like most years in the past, we felt led again to write our Bible school curriculum and material. And uh, this is it right here on the screen. Uh, simply entitled The King, Lord of the Jungle. Lord of my heart. And so we're going to be walking the kids who attend vacation Bible school through some really important principles about who the king is. We're going to talk about the jungle, the jungle, the world in which we live, the lies that we're told in the jungle, the lies that we often believe, and then the truth that we need to embrace to get through life in the jungle. Then we're going to talk about what it means to be born of the king. And we're going to emphasize the importance of giving your life to Christ. Of finding salvation in Him. And being born of the King. In the last day, we're going to talk about what it means to be a child of the King. And that's the day we're going to really, we're going to really emphasize this point. That, it, that what the world says about you. What the world says about you. Should not impact your life. But what God says about you is what should impact your life. Until you see yourself through the eyes of God you're not seeing yourself correctly. So we're just going to really encourage the children who've come to know Christ uh, about their identity in Christ and who they are in Him and the precious, valuable possessions that they are in Christ, children of the King. So we're excited. We, we, uh, uh, all of this came together just this past week uh, in our, our meeting. And man, when it just started falling into place with our team of Creative Minds, Man, it just, it just was there. So so we're going to invite the family to come at 5.30. We're going to do dinner here on the grounds. We're going to have a big tent set up in the north field, And we're going to feed the family. And then we're going to encourage uh, the family or parents to stay, stick around. We're going to have music playing outside. And we want people... Sticking around, getting to know people in the community, getting to know parents. We just love for it to be a a tremendous carnival-type atmosphere outside while the kids come in here and we minister to them inside here. So so we, we have a family emphasis that we've never had before, and we're really excited about it. It's going to take place on June the 24th through the 27th, 5.30 to 8 p.m. And here's the deal. We cannot do this without you. So this morning everyone is going to be given a yellow sheet of paper do I, you ran out of paper uh, there's a copier in the office all right this this young man right here can help you out with that we'll have if you did not get one oh by the way if you got one raise your hand i'm going to say about half a third of you maybe did all right, so if you don't have one of these, if you don't get one by the time you leave, we're going to track you down this week. You are being videotaped as we, we right now. And we know who you are. We know where you live. We're going to track you. And we're going to get one of these to you this week. OK, but here's the deal on this form. If you have this in your hand, you got to fill this out. OK, you say, well, I don't even know if I'm going to be here that week. I don't want to commit to something. Well, here's the deal. I saw this yesterday that I thought was awesome. Uh, It looks like the Kentucky Wildcats, as of right now, have the number one recruiting class for next year. That's pretty awesome, right? And so the last guy they picked up, I think his name is Johnny Juzang, uh, 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 off the West Coast or something like this, Um, four-star player, really great uh, shooter, score. And, and, And when they posted his picture on KSR this past week, it had a picture of him, and it simply said, committed. He had committed himself to the University of Kentucky. And, you know, and when you become a part of a church family, it's what you're doing. You're committing yourself. Isn't that a really awesome thing? And you're committing yourself to, to the body of Christ. In fact, we're going to celebrate next Sunday. We're going to celebrate five families who are coming to unite with our church family. They want to make their membership official here. So next Sunday, we're going to identify, we're going to announce those five new families coming to our church family. We're so glad that you're here today. I hope you've already been made to feel welcome. But maybe, maybe even now the Spirit is, is saying, okay, here's the deal. I don't know if I'm going to be there. I don't know if I can commit. Can you pray? Can you pray? Well, guess what? If, even if you can just pray, there is a place on you on here you to pray so we want to know who you are your contact information and email there's four categories four areas that you can serve in nursery preschool school age or family and adult if you do family or adult you're going to help us out outside with connecting with parents on the property and then please select the area you're interested in serving stage design development drama skit which involves costume makeup stagehand etc uh, decorating in general community outreach and promotion, registration. There's your prayer team. Everybody, even right now, can say, I'm going to pray. Guide group attendant, we need someone who can help us with videography, multimedia, AVL, food prep service, Bible study, teacher, arts and crafts, bus transportation. Because we're going to set up a big tent and have tables and stuff, we're going to have music out there and everything. We're going to need some men outside who can help put things together, set things up. Outside setup and then clean up. We know curriculum riders. We've already got a, a team coming together to do that. I'm excited about games, recreation, puppets for preschool. If you want to serve on our safety and security team, if you want to be a part of adult family ministry, maybe you want to help uh, 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 Wendy with worship music, uh, uh, being a part of the uh, dance team, not drama team, but dance team, and then follow up and outreach when it's over or clean up when it's over. There's a place here for everyone to serve. So we need you to fill one of these out before you leave today. If you fill it out, leave it in your chair in the auditorium. Miss Amanda is going to pick these up um, before she leaves today. Again, if you don't fill one of these out, you didn't get one, we're going to track you down and find you this week and probably try to sell you a vacuum cleaner. So if you don't want to hear the sales pitch, just go ahead and fill one of these out. And I promise we will leave you alone. But this is going to be awesome. Awesome awesome, awesome. We're asking God to raise, uh, uh, to provide for us $6,000 for our Vacation Bible School. And I would love for us to uh, be able to raise that money and never even have to touch our church budget to do Vacation Bible School. So maybe God's even leading you to, to give and be a financial contributor to our Vacation Bible School. But this is our summer mission focus at First Missionary. So Get that before you leave today. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your grace to us. Father, even now, I pray that your spirit would speak to our hearts and to our lives today. I pray that our our minds would be open and our hearts would be open to receive your word. Father, as we have talked about ministry what you're doing here. I ask that you continue to grant us your favor, that you would do great things in our midst, Lord. You raise up people to serve, people to love, people to commit their lives to the body of Christ. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be here on Mother's Day. And I pray a special encouragement over every mom today. Father, as we turn to Scripture now, we trust your Spirit to be our teacher. We trust you to speak through your word. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen and amen. So today we're going back to the garden of Gethsemane. It just seemed like God was just saying this week we're just not finished there. There's more I want to teach there about what it means to be in your own personal Gethsemane. You know, when I was a kid, uh, growing up in church, I, I had a uh, there was a song we used to sing. My grandfather, uh, he, he led singing in our church. And, and we would sing in the garden. That's one of my all-time favorite uh, hymns and songs that we sing in church. You know, I, I, can just, I can just even hear the words even now. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses, right? And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses and what happens in the garden what happens there in the special place and he what and he walks with me and he talks with me right he tells me I am his own and the what that we share there and the joy we share there none other has ever known in the garden you know it's believed that the garden of Gethsemane was a place that Jesus and His disciples came to on a frequent basis. Perhaps for Christ, in in talking with His Father in the garden, He had that type of experience. An experience of intimate closeness, of hearing the soft tones and the the soft whispers of the Father in your ear. A very special place, right? Right? I mean, you can't sing that song without thinking about a place of peace, a place of tranquility. Man, it's a place you want to go to, right? And a place you want to go to often. But have you ever stopped and, and just thought to yourself, where is that place? Where is the garden? Now I'm not talking about the geographical location in the Middle East, which t- took place near the Kidron Valley, near the Mount of Olives, where there was a grove of olive trees. And we know that Gethsemane means wine press. It means oil press. It was a place where they pressed grapes for, uh, to extract the juice to make fine wine. Or they would extract the oil from the olives to get the precious olive oil for medicinal healing purposes. Gethsemane means wine press. It means oil press. It's a place where there is pressure and a place where there is crushing. And some of you are going, yes, that sounds like my garden. And on that night, when Jesus was there on His knees before the Father, and He's in deep prayer, and by the way, this is so significant. This event is so significant that all the the synoptic gospel writers write about it. Matthew talks about it, Mark talks about it, and Luke talks about it. It was so significant in the gospel story that all three synoptic gospel writers included it in their gospels. In fact, Luke tells us that when the disciples fell asleep, it wasn't because they were just tired or they didn't care or, or they, didn't, they didn't have empathy for what was going on. But the Scripture says, Luke tells us, that they fell asleep because they were in deep sorrow. You see, in Gethsemane, for those guys, listen to me, they cried themselves to sleep.
3: And for Jesus, it was a tough, tough place the place
2: of quietness and peace and tranquility becomes like a war room. And maybe for you, in your Gethsemane, a place where you once prayed and fell at the feet of Jesus, it became a place where you screamed at Him. You screamed at Him. And you hollered at Him. And you questioned Him. Maybe you even cursed Him. It was a war room. Maybe your Gethsemane even today is a place of immense pressure and immense crushing.
3: And you're wondering, why? Last week I decided to do something for my mother-in-law.
2: After my father-in-law passed away, a lot
3: of the equipment around the house was sit there right where he'd
2: left it. The boys were wanting to ride the four-wheeler the other day. So I went out there and, and, and she'd said to me, she said, I, I think you're probably going to have to air up the tires. So I went out there and, you know, it was kind of sad because I went out there and You know, the piece of equipment that was used all the time. Kids played on, rolled all over the farm. Tires were flat. Aired them up, began to realize that they were dry rotting. So I went back in the house and said, Hey, listen, you know, four-wheelers not in real great shape, but if you want me to, I will take the four-wheeler home with us. I'm going to put new tires on it. So when we come back out here, the boys can ride the four-wheeler. So I love to do things with my hands. I like to do things myself. I mean, I'm the guy that looks up YouTube videos on how to fix parts of the refrigerator. I would rather try it myself than pay somebody else to do it. Is there anybody else here who's like that? And I realized not long ago that I could never make money doing this. Because it always takes longer than I realize. And, it, and I always, it always ends up costing me more money than I anticipate. But still, I want to do things myself. So I jacked it up in the garage. And I realized that all the tires need to be replaced. So I took the tires off and had them laying in the garage. I began to realize, listen to me, began to realize I did not have the proper tools to take the dry rotted tires off the rims because the bead had been set and I did not have what I needed to break it loose. Now in hindsight, I would have cut that thing off, but I wanted to do it well, I wanted to do it properly. And I realized that I didn't have the tools that I needed, listen to me, to apply the pressure. Y'all say with me the word pressure, okay? I didn't have with me the tools that I needed to apply the pressure to break free that which had been
3: Forged or set by pressure. Let me say that again. I did not
2: have the necessary tools I needed to break free. I didn't have the tool that I needed to apply the pressure. That was needed to undo that which had been set and forged or seated
3: by pressure. And it dawned on me. For many things in order for them
2: to fulfill their calling and to fulfill their intended purpose, they must have pressure. You see, even if I'd got those old tires off and put the new ones on, I didn't have a big enough compressor to air up the new tires, to put enough pressure in the new tires to seat the bead On the rims for the new tires. So I was lacking all the tools necessary. That required pressure. Has it ever occurred to you. That in order for you to fulfill. God's call and purpose for your life. You must go through seasons. Of immense. What some might even call near-crushing
3: experiences. And for Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, He was
2: feeling the pressure and the weight. In fact, we read last week that He talked about it and He says, He was near death long before even the cross. He was saying near death, near death. Not at the cross, but in Gethsemane.
3: The pressure. Maybe today you are in an intense,
2: pressurized situation. And you're looking for a release valve. But you do not know and you do not realize that God is controlling the pressure and He'll bring it to a point to where once you are forged and seated in Him, there will be no pressure of hell or earth of this world that can undo what God did through the pressure He allowed, applied to your life. I promise you, there is no one who has ever experienced the glory of God's hand on their life, who did not go through intense seasons of pressure. But for some of us, wouldn't it be great if we could wear a sign on our lives? I mean, have you ever been, have you ever felt intense pressure? And you're like, oh my gosh, do not come around me today. Today, today is, moms, you ever get up in the morning And you want to tell your kids, listen, today you do not want to test me. Because the contents here are under extreme pressure and you better handle with prayer if you don't want to draw back a nub because I will take your hand off. I might bite your head off, but I am under such extreme pressure in my life right now that I want to warn everybody around me and you think that the pressure is unnecessary but i'm telling you it's absolutely required for you to fulfill god's plan for your life you know jesus there in the garden of gethsemane in mark chapter 14 verse 32 said to his disciples sit here until i prayed place of prayer in the garden in the garden in the garden a very different type of environment on this evening. Took with him Peter and James and John, began to be very, very distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of what? To the point of death. Before even the cross, his soul was grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. He went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass by him. Luke tells us that the pressure And the distress was so intense on his life that his sweat flowed like great drops of blood to the ground, excruciating pressure on his life. And he asked that it might pass from him. He asked the Father. and, And the Scripture tells us he does it three times. We go to his disciples. Guys, can't you stay awake? He goes back and he prays. Guys, can't you stay awake? He goes back and he prays. Three times he comes back. He prays the same prayer. Verse 36. Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Oh yeah. I could take you out of this vice that you're in. But if I take you out, then you cannot accomplish my plan for your life. And the plan that I have for others. And Jesus stayed in the pressure. He says, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. And then he concludes that it's not about me and it's not what I want, but what you want. Not your will be done, not my will be done rather, but your will be done. He came, he found them sleeping, said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for an hour, keep watching, praying? You may not come into temptation. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak again. We know he does this three times. And then
3: at the end of this, in verse 42, he says, arise.
2: Let's get going. Arise, let us, let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. A lot of people say, you know, I'm in this situation, this near crushing experience of my life. Maybe if I'd made better decisions or choices, I wouldn't be here today. Somebody could say, well, you know, if Jesus had chosen better friends, have you ever thought, man, if I had better friends, if I had chosen better people in my life? I mean, if Jesus is going through this, there's hope for us. The perfect son of God. What about Judas? He would betray him, right? Well, Jesus, if you chosen better. What if? Have you ever, have you, have you ever lived in the world of what if? It's a it's a it's a deadly place. What if? What if I had done this? What if I had done that this past week? Ministered to students and teachers, and they were riddled with the question. What if? Thinking about the limitations of their lives, and we encourage them in that. There is so much you can do in the lives of other people. But you have limitations. And it would do well for you to accept the limitations that you have. But here's the thing. Don't you ever assume that God has those same limitations. He doesn't. And He can be there and He can do things and He can show Himself up in ways and in situations and at times that are beyond what you can imagine. Never discount God in accepting your limitations. Don't ever assume He has the same. He does not. There is a Savior.
3: But we're not Him. And he can do amazing things in people's lives that we on this side of earth
2: will never, ever know about. So don't live in the world of what if there's always rearview mirrors attached to the world of what if. God wants you to press on. Jesus says, let's go. He got up. They were moving forward all throughout scripture. God never gives his people the option of going back, always pressing forward, always moving on to the upper core of what we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, we on looking back moving back you cannot live there you will die there you got to move on and Jesus resolved I will do what you have for me to do you see so many times we want the call we desire the glory beyond the cross to the resurrection the new life it's there he's doing a new work And he's going to do this work in your life on the other side of the pressure and the crushing that you may feel today. But see, we want the glory, but we don't want Gethsemane. We want the calling, but we don't want the cup. Can I get an amen? We want the calling, but we don't want the cup that goes with the calling. Because the calling will never happen without the cup. And many people say, well, what was in that cup that Jesus said, let this cup
3: pass for me? You know what was in the cup? You know what was in that cup? The pressure, the crushing he was experiencing. The
2: temptation to to, to shed it off. Scholars and theologians would say it was the wrath of God upon sin that Jesus was beginning to feel. He knew that when He would go to the
3: cross, that he would, he would take all of our sins on Him. What was in that cup was your Gethsemane.
2: It was your Gethsemane. The situation you're going through, the the, the crushing that you've experienced in your life that's caused by, by the sinful humanity and the sinful world around us today. Whatever your Gethsemane looks like, however it feels in that moment. Jesus
3: took your Gethsemane upon himself. That was his cup. And he willingly took it upon himself. You can't have the calling unless you have the cup. I'll tell you something that's happened in my life time and time and time again.
2: When I have gone through pressing, crushing situations or what I perceived as failures in my own life, God used that to prepare me and to equip me to come alongside, to be a Peter, a James, or a John in the life of somebody else. for a ministry that He has planned in the future. So that I could sit with somebody and I could say, you know what, I, I'm not in your shoes. I'll never say that I know what you're going through. I don't, I'm not in your shoes. But I think I know something about what you're feeling today. I know something about what you've been through. And God uses the pressing, crushing moments of our lives to prepare us to minister and to encourage the life of another down the road. The pressure is absolutely necessary. And when Jesus got out of the Garden of Gethsemane and he moved forward and chose to go forward, He was choosing
3: to trust in the Father, to trust in the Lord. See, God doesn't want you to stay in Gethsemane. He wants you to
2: get up, and He wants you to walk out of there. You say, Well, I don't know how. How can I walk out of there? How can I leave my Gethsemane behind? By trusting in the Lord, you get up and you walk out. You know, sometimes it takes somebody grabbing somebody by the hand and going, you know what? We're going to make it. We're going to trust in the Lord and we're going to walk out of here. He's got a plan of redemption. He's got a plan of hope for us in this situation. He did not lead us to Gethsemane to die here. But he's got something else for us. And sometimes it takes somebody grabbing somebody by the hand and saying, we're walking out of here and we're going to trust the Lord as we go. You know, scholars believe that the whole garden theme that you find here in the Garden of Gethsemane brings us full circle back to the Garden of Eden. If you remember the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, had a close, intimate relationship with God. But what did they do in the Garden of Eden? They decided that they were going to do life on their own.
3: They didn't need God. They fell to temptation. And great was their fall.
2: In fact, it's it's the reason that humanity continues to choose its own way apart from God. That's the reason why we have these Gethsemane experiences. Because we live in a fallen world. And what Adam and Eve could not do in the Garden of Eden, God, through Christ, is able to do in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the very Christ who got up and walked out of Gethsemane is the same Christ who will live and express Himself through your life.
3: So that you can face and you can walk through. And you can walk out of your Gethsemane. Not my will, but your be done. I trust you, Lord. I'm yielding
2: myself to you. I can't do this. But you did do this.
3: And I can trust you to do it again through me. You get up, you trust the Lord, and you
2: fulfill His calling and His purpose in your life. But the pressure, the pressure and the near crushing is necessary to forge you to the heart of God. And then once you're forged to the heart Of God. There is no pressure of hell or of this world or of the devil that can undo
3: the pressure God used to forge you to Himself. It takes
2: pressure, it takes pressure. Necessary. Oh my goodness, if you could imagine any kind of emotion or expression a tire would feel right before the bead is set. I don't know if any of you guys work with tires, if you've ever had to take an air compressor. And fill that tire up. And I'm telling you, right before it is seated, right before this, the bead is set on the rim, there is a, a, an intense moment. In fact, you think this thing's going to blow up. And you're, and you're thinking, I think there's days I'm going to blow up. Warning, content's under pressure, handle with care. Amen? But my goodness, if that tire could express the feelings and the sentiment of what's happening right before, right before that moment that it is set and it is sealed. There's a permanency, listen to me, there is a permanency that is established so that that tire can fulfill its purpose for why it was created. It can go through mud, it can go up over mountains. It can endure intense heat. But right in that moment, right before it is seated, it's a poof, And it's done. So hang on. And don't give up. God is using the pressure to seat you in Him. And then He's going to turn you loose. You, I promise you, you will have a perspective, you will have an understanding, you will have an empathy you will have a life, you will have a ministry that would never have happened had it not been for Gethsemane. As you quietly stand, I want to encourage you in something, okay? Some of us, some of us, Some of us, some of us, y'all say with me, some of us, okay? Let's get on the same page here. Some of us have been staying there too long. And it's time. You got up. And you grabbed your, your bags and you get packed. And you say, enough is enough. I'm not staying here any longer. I got to move. I got to move. Look at your neighbor and I just say, I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. I told you, I've been listening to T.D. Jakes and Tony Evans. When I listen to them, we are, we're going to have church. I'm telling you, you got to move. You got to move. You got to move. We're not going to sit here. Can I get an amen? Let's just preach for a minute. Let's just pretend for a moment, okay? Y'all just, y'all just, just think you're hearing Tony Evans, okay, for a moment. Or T.D. Jakes. You got to move. It's time. You know where you are. You know what you've been through. You've got the answer. The power of Christ is in you. Why are you staying in Gethsemane? You got to move. Let's go. Is it going to take somebody grabbing you by the hand and saying, let's move. Grab somebody by the hand right now and say, let's move. Let's move. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get out of this place. You need somebody to go with you? I'll go with you, but don't stay here any longer. People don't win in Gethsemane. They win through the resurrection. We got a cross to bear. We're going to go. We're going to trust. And we're going to be risen to new life on the other side. And it's going to be good. So let's go. I don't want to hear about your Gethsemane anymore. Tired of preaching on it. <laughs> Someone said, Brother Allen, I feel like I was pre- you were preaching to me. Yeah, I've been preaching to you. Let's go. He's got something better. It's not going to be found in Gethsemane. Move. So many times we stay there because we want to hang on to what we want. And we can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. And Jesus is saying, surrender to my will. I have better plans for you than you have for yourself. I do. Do you really trust me? Don't you think I've got your best interest in mind through this stuff you're going through? I do. So trust me. And let's go. Let's move past this place. Can we do that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Maybe you need to grab somebody by the hand and and come and pray and say, Today, I'm not going to let you stay here anymore. We're going to move. We're going to move. Get out of Gethsemane. Can I get an amen? Let's get excited again one more time. Can I get name out? Let's get out of Gethsemane. Turn around, give somebody a hand five and say, I'm getting out of Gethsemane. Come on, right now. I'm getting out. I'm getting right now. You do it. I'm getting out. I'm getting out. I'm getting out. I'm going to do it. This does not define me. But it's time to move. So let's be encouraged. And walk out. Together. Oh boy. Father God. I would ask that your spirit would just. Golly. Just move. Upon our hearts and our lives. You've given us the answer in Christ. And Lord today we say. Not my will. But yours be done and I'm walking I'm going to press on maybe some of you just need to pray with somebody I want you to grab the person's hand next to you right now here's what I want you to pray, okay? Right now, Father God, as I hold the hand of this person next to me, I might not even know their name. But Father, even through me right now, I'm asking you to encourage them. To walk out of their Gethsemane today. To press on to what you want for their lives. And Father, I'm asking you, even through me right now, you'd give them all the love and the support that they could ever want. And Father, today, I will commit myself to pray for this person next to me and to make myself available whenever another Gethsemane comes or they feel like they can't walk out of this one. And we're going to praise you. In the gardens, is going to become again a sweet place of peace with you. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you for being here today. You are dismissed. And before you get out of here, grab somebody, hug their neck. Tell them you're so glad they came today. And we'll see you next Sunday. Next Sunday's going to be awesome. I'm telling you, next Sunday is going to be awesome. You do not want to miss next Sunday.
0: Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family and leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.